Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, welcome, welcome. An absolute pleasure to be with you. So much to get through, as always. Tonight's recommended snack, ladies and gentlemen, the secret herbs and spices of KFC Sexist Chicken. Tonight's recommended beverage, vodka and Mountain Dew. So make yourself comfortable. It's a Tuesday night. By the way, fuck John Bolton. <laughs> Lots to get to. Settle in. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us and welcome to another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. I am Boogie Bumper, your host, hopefully for the next hour or so. Actually, it's probably going to be a little bit longer. It might end up being a couple of hours tonight because we've got so much to get through. So much to get through and running one day short. So I always like to open the show on a sour note. Well, this this might be good news, depending on your perspective. Uh, no, no Daily Boogie tomorrow, unfortunately. There's somewhere that I have to be and it's at the exact time that I, the show is on and I'm not going to make it back in time. It's one of those things. It's been one of those weeks, actually. Um, for some reason... For some reason, the rest of society and the rest of, of the people I know don't understand the commitment I have to this tiny little podcast that nobody listens to. So, <laughs> so I, I have to ditch tomorrow. But I may end up being on a different show later in the week, but we don't know yet if that's going to work out or not. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So I might go overtime tonight, just to let you know. Thank you for joining us. It's the Daily Boogie Podcast. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to complain about me either being on or not being on enough, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. If you'd like to leave a tip tonight, you can do so by going to dlive.tv slash boogie bumper or the link down below streamlabs.com slash boogie bumper. So much to get through. As always, um, I do want to get into the fact that we're all going to die in a zombie apocalypse style viral infection because there's a lot of conflicting reports, a lot of conflicting news stories, and a lot of people in various positions of power, whether it be uh, the pundit class in the media or the political class, that are telling us one thing and then doing the other or doing one thing and telling us the other. And then people turn around and, you know, turn to each other and say, well, what the hell are we supposed to do? The people who are in power, who are taking, who are supposed to be, quote unquote, taking care of us, don't even know what they're doing. So we're going to get into that and analyze a bit of that. Got some weird and wonderful, strange story, uh, stories from around the web that I've collected randomly over the last couple of weeks. So we can hopefully clear the random file out a little bit. But before we get to any of that, ladies and gentlemen, got to touch on the big news, the big stories. Because that's what we do here. We tackle the big issues. We tackle the important, pressing issues of the day. And, you know, somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to take up this fight. Oh, a quick quick update from the John McAfee 
<laughs> campaign headquarters. He's apparently in London. He was supposed to have a get together with other people in London, but he's had to postpone that. But if you can, if you jump on John McAfee's timeline, if you can look at the picture and figure out where he is, you will get a free beer. Since yesterday, of course, we officially endorsed John McAfee for 2020. <laughs> I've been getting some feedback too. Been getting some feedback from people who aren't impressed uh, privately. You say, what the hell is, what the hell are you doing? What the hell is this? And my first response is, well, why the hell do you care what I say? What's the difference? Who cares? Don't worry about it. Uh, second of all, I was like, yeah, I'm having a bit of fun. What's the problem? I'm not allowed to have fun anymore? Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought 2016 was supposed to be about fun. It's not fun anymore. So, John McAfee, let's have some fun with John. But, you know, for the people who have reached out to me privately, who have said, yes, like like why said it in the chat, you traitor, right? <laughs> for the people who have reached out privately and said things like this, um, let me explain something to you. You're exactly the type of person that I don't need. You're exactly the type of person I don't need in the audience. Like, I don't want you here. <laughs> and I, I don't care if it's 10 people or 15 people or 20 people. I don't care if there's one person left in the audience. Honestly. Because you're the type of person that has to have everything explained to them five times and it still doesn't make sense. You don't pick up on basic sarcasm and you're such a simpleton that you need you only can have your own opinions repeated back to you wherever you go so you're not worth the trouble for me i don't want you here <laughs> so please like you're not you're you're not uh you know putting me under pressure or anything by saying i don't like this i'm never coming back thank you there's the door bye bye see you later <laughs> you're exactly the guy i don't want so thank you so long John McAfee, 2020. <laughs> Let's go. Let's clean a few more out. More of in the chat, huh? What? Um, slower. <laughs> she's doing it. See, she's doing the thing. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. So I want to touch on the big issues, ladies and gentlemen. This story was going around last week and nobody really, nobody ran with it. But I think I have to, I think we need to stand up for for men and boys all over the world. And not only the men and the boys, but also the women. Who's taking care of the interests of the women, ladies and gentlemen? Won't somebody please think of the thoughts? KFC advert showing boys staring at women at women's breasts branded sexist. It's a sexist ad. You're not allowed to look at breasts. Looking at breasts is so archaic, so unnatural. Why would anybody want to look at a breast anyway? That's where germs come from. <laughs> the fast food giant apologizes. That's your first mistake. That's your first mistake. Never, ever apologize. If anyone was offended after campaigners say the advert reinforces the boys will be boys trope. Ladies and gentlemen, should we? I think we should watch the ad first. Thank you, Rex Hunter. Thank you for the people who donated diamonds already during the show. I, I had the I had the mute button on very unprofessionally. Very unprofessionally. So I think we should look at the ad ourselves and see what's so troublesome about it, don't you think? Like, should we come at this with, like, sort of clear eyes and objective view? Because I haven't watched it yet. I've only seen reporting on it. So let's have a look at, at this horribly sexist, archaic, 
stereotypical commercial that KFC put out. All right, it's only fifteen seconds. Let's have a, let's have a roll, shall we? Did someone say KFC? I don't care. Um, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Okay. My, it's the end of the world. It's the end of the world. How will we ever recover from this? I can see why so many people online are so outraged by this. By this, you know, comically satirical based on real life kind of situation, which may or may not happen. I can understand why people are so upset about this. Nadine mentions Ultratune. Don't worry, we're going to get into Ultratune. This goes deeper. This is a rabbit hole that we're going to go down. <laughs> so continuing on with the article, that, I, I, I'm like, okay, that's fine. That's fine. But it's not fine. It's not fine. If you thought that was fine, you are a sexist pig. You are part of the problem. You are part of the misogynistic overclass that seeks to turn women into objects and men into raving, raping lunatics. That's you. That's part of you. The fast food giant KFC is in hot water after its latest advertising campaign was branded sexist by campaigners. The TV advert in Australia, Australia, woo! Sexism lives on <laughs> in the sunburnt country. For the restaurant's Zinger popcorn meal shows a woman using a car window to adjust her bra before two young boys wind down the window and stare at her as the camera switches to her cleavage. Initially looking embarrassed, the woman smiles at the boys and says, did somebody say KFC? Ah. <laughs> yes, I was just thinking about moist breasts. Thank you. Thank, thank you for the diamond, Gypsy. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Who did you steal the diamonds from, Gypsy? The scene then switches to a group of people eating KFC food at a festival-type event. You know, the thing that makes people nauseous more so than breasts, more so than uh, boys staring at cleavage, I think is the KFC itself. The food itself is far more damaging to your health than staring at a nice set of knockers, you know what I mean? The clip, which has been watched more than 43,000 times on YouTube, has faced a backlash from a group called Collective Shout, which said the advert was a quote, uh, quote, a regression to tired and archaic stereotypes. <laughs> Thank you, Gypsy. Thank you for the diamond. A regression to tired and archaic stereotypes where young women are sexually objectified for male pleasure. Yes, that's right. Uh, men being turned on by breasts is a, it's an archaic stereotype. It's a dangerous stereotype that you're perpetuating here. I mean, just even just pointing out that women have breasts is in of itself perpetuating a stereotype. As we all know, not all women have breasts, right? Mm. Thank you, UK Neil, for the diamond. Oh, by the way, UK, UK Neil was just on before. I didn't get a chance to watch it because I was prepping my show, so I'll probably go back and watch the replay. UK Neil on dlive.tv slash UK Neil. Uh, 1979, I think. Uh, as we all know... 
you know, men can have breasts now too. That's fine. I, here's a question for you. Do you think that the advertisement would be allowed to go through if we were looking at a trans woman's breasts instead of a, you know, a born female's breasts? We assume. We shouldn't assume genders ever, of course. But if if the boys were ogling a trans person, do you think that the advertisement would be okay? I tend to think it would be. After all, we need more representation in the mainstream media. A group which campaigns against the way in which women are objectified added, ads like this reinforce the false idea that we can't expect better from boys. (laughs) The thing I love about this stuff, though, is if you've ever been out on a Friday night or a Saturday night and you've seen women dress like this, you've seen women dress like this, okay? I mean, they're a dime a dozen. They're everywhere especially if you live in a big city or what have you, I would have thought that the people who would be most offended by, you know, this this obsession we have with programming boys to pretend to not like girls, the people who would be most upset by this, I suspect, would be the young women who oftentimes when they go out actually want male attention. That's the thing they never explain in this argument that women are craving male attention, they're seeking male attention. The other thing they don't mention too is the majority of household spending, advertising is targeted more often than not to women, not men. The majority of household spending is controlled by women. They like to say these things like, oh, this objectification of women, the perpetuation of male violence, of male, you know, treating women like objects and stuff. Off the top of your head, what was the most successful film of the last 10 years for females? Remember, females hate being treated like objects. They hate the idea of it. What was the most successful film? Fifty Shades of Grey. All around the Western world, theatres were packed wall to wall with women watching Fifty Shades of Grey, where a woman is literally treated like a piece of meat. (laughs) by a man they couldn't get enough of it they were lining up out the, out on the street to buy tickets to 50 shades of gray oh women hate that kind of women hate that kind of stereotype being perpetuated have you seen the new rich guy rapes girl movie no i can't wait do you want to go together it's gonna be fantastic i can't wait i've always wanted to be beaten and fucked by a, a rich guy I've always wanted to be treated like a piece of meat by a rich guy. Can't wait for this flick, man. Back to the article. It continues. It is another manifestation of the boys will be boys trope, hampering our ability to challenge sexist ideas which contribute to harmful behavior towards women and girls. So women, um, men looking at women's breasts is an archaic stereotype that needs to be done away with. And the other archaic stereotype that needs to be done away with is this idea that boys will be boys. Because as we all know, in the modern day, boys will not be boys. We don't need boys to be boys. Boys can be girls and girls can be boys. Girls who like boys who dig girls. They can all be everything. There's no need to lock boys into some kind of standard, some kind of pattern of boyishness. 
That's archaic. That's dinosaur thinking. That's bigoted. Boys will be boys. Whoever whoever came up with such an idiotic idea in the first place? Boys will not be boys. Boys will be whatever they feel like. (laughs) But not boys. They can be any other gender they want, but they can't be boys. If if the boys are going to be boys, then they will grow up being women-hating misogynists who drool over breasts and rape. So we can't have that. Boys must not be boys. They must be something else entirely. I think it's the right thing to do. So this brought me to, because I remember, I remembered this controversy about, um, you know, the, there's a chain of garages here in Australia called Ultratune. You know, you go there, you get your tires done, you get your oil checked, whatever, you get your, your registration, your rego check, you get your little tune-ups, and there, there's a chain of them all around the country. I don't know if they're franchises or not, but there's a lot of them. Ultratune. So they've been under fire for the last few years for, you know, sexist ads. But to their credit, they don't stop doing it. They don't apo- they didn't do a KFC move. They didn't come out and apologize for it. And they have been in the targets of the online activists for years now. Years. Petitions, protests, boycotts constantly. And Ultrajune to their credit just keeps pumping out the sexist commercials. <laughs> so uh, this is their latest one with Pammy, who's 52 years old now, and I, I've got to say, she can probably still get it, even at 52. So, so let's see what uh, Pammy's doing now with Ultratune. Pamela Anderson! Situations. Get your car service at Ultratune. Okay, it's pretty dumb, right? It's a dumb ad. Right? It's nothing special. It's nothing It's nothing out of the ordinary. It's just pretty dumb. They're using the Baywatch theme, okay? But this is kind of what Ultratune is known for, is these kinds of dumb commercials, right? I think it's the fact that it has Pamela Anderson in it and women in bikinis. The, 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 the great irony about this they say that this is controversial, right? This is sexist. But did the did the women not just save the guy? Didn't they save his life? I saw five empowered females running into danger headfirst in order to rescue a witless man. It's all about interpretation. It's all about perception. Sure, I saw ass cheeks and cleavage. I saw that. I, of course I saw that. I'm a heterosexual male. I could not not see it. <laughs> I don't have the ability to ignore cleavage and and bare ass cheeks. It's not my makeup. I can't do it. I wish I could. Life would be so much easier. Imagine all the work I'd get done if I could turn my brain off to those kinds of visual stimulants. But I can't, unfortunately. So, yes, I did notice it. But then I also noticed the women being the heroines, saving the day, saving the witless man's life as he struggled for air in the ocean while he was being tossed and turned by the waves. They're the heroes. The heroes of the day. How can you not see that? (laughs) Pamela Anderson, 52, recreates iconic Baywatch run run in new ad. This is from Ultratune, I think. 
Pamela Anderson found her greatest notoriety as lifeguard Casey Parker on the 1990s hit Baywatch. And at 52, the timeless... <coughs> I don't know about timeless beauty. <coughs> Pardon me. I think she's got a few timeless ingredients, which helps it along. But she's not bad. The timeless beauty has recreated her iconic slow motion run from the series in a new commercial. In the ad for Aussie Automotive servicing company Ultratune, the model and mother of two rocked a slimming black wetsuit while four other lifeguards wore red swimsuits similar to Anderson's from the original series. Uh, I jump in a shower with a bathing suit and then jump on them wherever they are in the house soaking wet, she told the paper. As for the lookalike suits, fans often ask her to sign out. Anderson said, some people bring me bathing suits to sign autographs, blah, 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 blah. So let me bring you this. Thank you, Winning TV. <clears throat> Thank you, Winning TV. Follow Winning TV on DLive, ladies and gentlemen. DLive.tv slash Winning TV. My good friend, Phil D'Angelo, the Yankee. So this is back in 2017, and I'm pretty sure it's the same boss of Ultratune now as it was back then. Women can jump up and down all they want, says Ultratune boss as brand launches new ads. So they've done it before. See, Jean-Claude Van Damme, they pulled him out of retirement. Do you want to see the Jean-Claude Van Damme one? We'll show you the Jean-Claude Van Damme one. <laughs> so this is a few years old now, this commercial. Big trouble, guys. Yeah! I'll always be there to save you, but Ultratune will. Our trouble? Avoid unexpected situations with Ultratune roadside assist. I, I bet they didn't have to pay much to get John Claude, in all honesty. I don't think John Claude's got a lot going on these days. Uh, here's another one, another sexist commercial. For your, for your viewing pleasure. So you can see a theme developing here, right? Despite ongoing controversy and complaints related to Ultratune campaigns, CEO Sean Buckley claimed the brand is not being uh, deliberately inflammatory. We didn't know they'd be controversial, he told Mumbrella of the campaign. He said, I know you're laughing, but we didn't. We thought people would take them in the lighthearted way in which they were intended. Oh, Sean. Oh, no, no, no. What is it about the modern age that you don't understand? There's no room for lightheartedness. There's no room for fun. There's no room for sarcasm anymore. There's no room for any of that. You are supposed to, it is your duty to be 100% completely committed to whichever cause you are committed to all the time. You are to suck the life and the energy out of those around you in pursuit of this cause. You are to be 100% focused on equality and social justice all the time. When you're sleeping, when you're shitting, when you're walking around, when you're doing your groceries, it doesn't matter. You have to be committed. Oh, we thought people would take a, you know, we thought people would view it this, you know, it was meant to be kind of lighthearted and a bit cheeky. It wasn't meant to be, you know, offensive or anything. 
bullshit, Sean. <laughs> Everything is offensive. When asked by Mumbrella if the ads were intended to generate publicity through news around potential complaints, Buckley responded with, do you think I'm stupid? He added, if they didn't work, I'd have them off the air and you could sit down. I think I know what I'm doing. The ads work brilliantly. See you in hell. Despite a previous ad which features the women stuck on train tracks facing seemingly imminent death by an oncoming train being banned, Buckley said the muffler iteration of the campaign was different and there was no reason for it to be taken off the air. He said the complaints tend to only come from, quote, social keyboard warriors and middle-aged feminists who are after equality who miss the light-hearted intent of the ads. This is the CEO of UltraTune, ladies and gentlemen. And I would, I would argue the absolutely correct response. And it's not even about like my personal views. Like I don't, I'm not really easily offended by stuff. So like, you know, I don't, I don't get, I'm not offended by these commercials. Maybe somebody out there is, but that's their problem, right? But I just think whenever we feed this machine, this banning machine, this machine that, that, you know, tries to dictate that we're not allowed to have lighthearted fun, that we're not allowed to have, you know, that everything doesn't have to be some kind of cause, right? Some kind of movement, some kind of social justice crusade. I think regardless of what you're doing, it's on you to push back against it because for the last 10 years, maybe longer, maybe less, we've been feeding that animal and it just keeps growing. The teeth just keep getting bigger. Its fangs go deeper into our neck every single time we give them what they want. At some point, there has to come a time when, you know, average normal people who aren't offended by archaic stereotypes, quote unquote, essentially put a line in the sand and say, no, I don't care what you say. We're, we're doing what we want. If you don't like it, tough shit. There has to, that has to come at some point because otherwise this never ends. And it's already been been allowed to continue for far too long. It's already gone far too far. And if it never ends, eventually we won't be talking to each other at all. We'll be too afraid to talk to each other. We'll be too afraid to speak our minds. We'll be walking around on eggshells. They want you second guessing and third guessing and fourth guessing every little thought that you have and every little thing that you say. They want you to be uncomfortable. They want you second. They want you doubting yourself at all times to make sure you're not breaking any ambiguous rules, which nobody has ever put down on paper. Really, I mean, if we keep, if if people don't start having this attitude, like it or lump it, that says, no, I don't care. You can scream all you want. Don't care. Unless people start having that collectively in business and in government, like I think average people are okay. I think most of actual general society is on board with what this guy says. You know what I mean? But for some reason, people in business and people in politics and people in the media, I think, have a false perception of what opinions are really out there, of what people really think. And, you know, you'll hire somebody from a liberal arts college who has a degree in something... <laughs> You know, some kind of sociology tinged uh, degree or in human resources or something 
and they'll get into these positions or in the into the communications role and they'll say, well, we, we can't perpetuate gender stereotypes. We need to do this. You need to pull that ad. You need to apologise. And all of the people in the media agree and all of the politicians agree publicly. If, if they probably, probably none of them agree privately, but they all agree publicly. And, you know, the business just folds to social media outrage and petitions and whatnot. When other companies have shown us, if you just ride it out, if you just ride the outrage for a few days, eventually it'll blow over. It'll pass. People will move on to the next crusade. There's always going to be some kind of injustice. There's always going to be some kind of fight for liberation that people are going to focus on. So you needn't, you know, throw in the towel at the first sign of resistance. If More often than not, if you let it ride for a few days, the people who are petitioning your company and lobbying you and demanding that you take your commercials off the air, trying to run your company for you, they'll move on. They'll find something else to do. Let's face it, these aren't the people with, you know, long attention spans. These aren't like the deep thinking ones amongst us. These are the reactionary people. The unthinking reactionaries who get negative stimulus and need to act out on that stimulus. So they'll always find something else to move on to. I want to show you this. Trial by Kyle. Ultratune boss defends ads but admits he met a rubber girl in a strip club. So if you're an American listening to this, you are probably not going to have any idea who this guy is. This guy is Kyle Sanderlands. He's been one of the, if not the number one, I think he's the number one FM radio host in Australia for like, I don't know, the last 15 years, maybe something like that. A long time. And he's had his share of controversy, right? I, you could say he's our version of Howard Stern, but I don't think he's like Howard Stern at all. Um, if, if you're a Donald Trump supporter, you'd probably actually like him because he will interrupt a news. I don't listen to him. But people I know listen to him, so I get told this stuff. Uh, he will interrupt a news headline on his own show to push back. So, like, the newsreader will say something like, Donald Trump came under fire for racist comments today at such and such. And he goes, ah, hang on, hang on, from the studio. Hang on, hold on, hold on. What What was that? What was that to the newsreader? And they're like, uh, Donald Trump got in trouble for um, racist st- um, attacks. He's like, no, no, that didn't happen. That didn't happen, okay? What did he actually say? And the guy's like, I, I don't know. I don't have the quote. I'm just reading the headline off a website. He's like, well, see, that's the problem. That's why That's why nobody listens to the news anymore. Next time, get the actual quote, and then we'll talk about it. And the guy's like, um, okay. <laughs> so he's a bit of a character. Um, he doesn't mind being a- offensive, but he's one of these guys like, even though he's got that side, every now and then he's going to say something that offends somebody, right? Everybody's in the firing line with this dude. I I didn't like him much when I was younger, but as I get older, I kind of get him a bit more. So, you know, this week he'll be saying something that the leftists hate. He'll be saying something sexist or something that they think is racist. So all the lefties go get really angry at the guy and all of the conservatives in the media go, yes, bravo, Kyle Sanderlands. But then the following week, he'll make a joke about Christianity or Mother Mary or something. 
and then the very same conservatives who were cheering him last week start turning around going, well, that's offensive. He needs to apologise. And it's like, you don't get it at all, do you? You, you really don't get this. You don't get what's happening here. <laughs> you, are the, you are the very thing that you claim to be against and you, you, you're too stupid to see it. So I do get the guy. And like I said, that's, that's like the upper classes. That's the politicians and the media class fighting over whether this guy's a good guy or bad guy, depending on their baseline perception. But in the general population, in the general public, where I suspect things like sexist KFC commercials don't really register a blip on the radar, he's been the most popular FM radio host for 15 years. So the numbers speak for themselves, right? So he has this show where he kind of impersonates Judge Judy. (laughs) I didn't watch this at the time. I don't watch a lot of TV. Somebody brought this to my attention and said, you've got to see this. So he has this show where he kind of impersonates Judge Judy and he had the CEO of UltraTune on the show with um, a girl who was claiming that the company was sexist with the commercials and stuff. So from what I've, I've described to you about this guy, what kind of position do you think he's going to take when confronted with, you know, the angry feminist versus the CEO who says, I don't care, it's just tits and ass, man. Who cares? Everybody loves tits and ass, you know what I mean? <laughs> Let's have a look. See if you agree with Kyle. Anna, what's this case about? Well, Kyle, in this case, we have grassroots social activist Vanessa taking UltraTune to court over the company's TV ads. Listen, listen to the music. It's very dramatic. My eye always starts to twitch, by the way, when somebody is introduced as a grassroots political activist, right? Because <laughs> in my opinion, if it were grassroots, you probably don't have to say that it's grassroots. It's like, I, I, just, I just banked a $1 million check to fund my grassroots activism campaign, you know what I mean? But I'm, I am a very cynical and bitter person, so... She claims the ads are sexist and demeaning to women and is seeking their immediate removal from Australian television. We have UltraTune, who is represented in the matter by CEO Sean Buckley. <laughs> Vanessa, welcome. What is it that you want to talk to me about? Well, basically, as Anna mentioned, I am calling for the removal of the offending UltraTune ads from Australian television. Yep. Okay. They're extremely degrading and insulting. To who? <laughs> to who? To you? To everybody, should they be insulting? Should they be degrading? You can look at this guy is obviously t- uh, taking this charge very seriously. The CEO is obviously taking this all very, very seriously. You can see the look on his face. <laughs> it's like when you're trying to read the paper in a cab and the driver starts talking to you for no reason and you really don't want to talk. You've talked enough that day. You just want to read the paper. You want to do the crossword or something. And he starts talking to you. That's the look you give him. Mm. You try and make it known that you're really not in the mood to be doing whatever it is the cab driver wants you to be doing. Anna, have we got anything to look at? Yeah, we have a clip from the Ultra Tune ad to present. People, some uh, Ice Man, Rusty's in the chat saying, I like this show already. Oh, it's very trashy. It's very trashy. You'll love it. <laughs> Oh, I forgot about Iron Mike. We've had everyone. Jean-Claude, we've got Pammy, we've got Iron Mike Tyson. We've got them all. 
who could possibly be against this company? Justin, oh my god. <laughs> and we've also got the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can. Now, Kyle is already letting slip what he's already, you know, alluding to his judgment here, I think. <laughs> when he sees the pretty girls being rescued by Mike Tyson, he's like, <laughs> he likes it. He likes Iron Mike. Who doesn't like Iron Mike? Baby. Iron Mike loves pigeons. He's, a, he's, he's what they call a pigeon fancier. I didn't know if you knew that or not. Mike Tyson. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and he does that move where he looks around the room for other people to join him in the laugh, you know? <laughs> huh? Huh? You see that? You see that? You see Iron Mike there? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and we've also got another Ultra Tune ad featuring Charlie Sheen. And I'm all out of town. Man, I forgot about Charlie Sheen as well. Hashtag winning. Ultra Tune is like, it's now my favorite company. I'm just going to go in there. Sir, what can we help you with? Do you need a service? No, no, just just look at the car, charge me $50, and I'll be on my way. You guys earned it. Winning. Winning. Vanessa. I see it as a humorous ad. Okay, well, I see it as if you're pardoning Tyson for rape by hiring him to be the hero. What? <laughs> you're pardoning Tyson for rape? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not on the bench today. I'm not on the bench. I just hired a guy to be in a commercial. Pard you're pardoning Tyson for rape. <laughs> they always go to that extreme. They always go to the extreme end of the spectrum where normal people cannot follow. You know what I mean? It's only the true believers. It's only the hardened supporters that could go along with that. Well, I think the real problem about this ad is that you're endorsing rape by hiring Mike. Oh, really? <laughs> Get me in the chat. It's like, yeah, that's a stretch. <laughs> that's a bit of a stretch. Mm -hmm. And it's extremely infuriating seeing infuriating. Charlie Sheen, who has been arrested for domestic violence yep. and is a known womanizer. Oh. <laughs> it's infuriating seeing Charlie Sheen. Well, you know, man's got to eat, right? Say, oh, I'm all out of towels winning. I'm sorry, but sex may sell, but sexism does not. Uh, yes, it does. <laughs> Clearly it does. Sex may sell, but sexism does not. Can anybody explain to me in term in advertising terms what the difference might be between sex and sexism? Because if sex sells, but sexism does not, um, how can you then have a commercial using sex to sell, right? Because that would be sexist, wouldn't it? Like the very the very premise itself is so it's so inverted that it makes no logical sense whatsoever. Sex sells, but sexism doesn't. Right. So what is sexism? People trying to sell sex? I see. <laughs> what is sexism? Oh, girls in bikinis. Right. So we shouldn't do that. No. And why not? Because sexism doesn't sell. 
Okay, but sex does, yes. And what represents sex in this commercial? Girls in bikinis. With ya. I'm following this. Gotcha. You're a clever cookie. Would you be more happy if I put a female in there saving the day? 100%. Well, they're not happy, though. We just played Pammy's commercial. We just played Pammy's commercial of the women saving the day. You know what? Just just for the sake of argument, just for the sake of clarity, we may have to watch it again. Here, here is women saving the day on an ultra ultra tune commercial. Pamela Anderson, strictly for research purposes. <laughs> save me, Pammy! Save me! Here we go again. Pammy, help me! Unexpected situations. Get your car service at Ultratune. There you go. Pammy saving Pammy and her beloved troop of pneumatically breasted individuals saving the day. <laughs> saving the saving the man. But that didn't change anything. That's still sexist too. Would you like a woman to be the hero? Yes, I would. Okay. But not her, not Pamela Anderson. She's made a career out of selling sexism. Ah. Uh... <sighs> 100%. Yeah, it would be beautiful to see that kind of diversity. We're working down that line. Diversity. will be like that. Excellent. You've opened up. <laughs> looks like trying to do the tough guy stare to him. Listen to this. Like that. Excellent. <clears throat> Fine. <laughs> Excellent. It would be good to see that kind of diversity. Do you get the feeling that she's just using the term diversity but not really understanding which context it belongs Plenty of diversity. You're, you're actually arguing that there's too much diversity. <laughs> there's too many women in commercials. It's sexist, right? That's a stretch, dude. You've opened that Pandora's box now, then you have to have a lesbian saving the day. <laughs> now, this, this woman here, I, I think that she's a trial lawyer, lawyer in real life. He's getting laughs off this chick. Again, like, sure, fans of this guy's radio show are probably in the audience, you know what I mean? So you might say, well, that's a bullshit um, sample size. But I disagree. I think most people would have this attitude. So he, he's now cracking jokes off the back of this woman's outrage. The lawyer, the only other woman in this environment who herself is a, you know, a, we assume an accomplished lawyer, a professional woman, a professional empowered female is now laughing at this girl. <laughs> well, now you're going to have to have lesbians saving the day. <laughs> All hope is not lost for Australia, ladies and gentlemen. There is hope. There is a flicker, a flickering light there. You've opened that Pandora's box now, then you have to have a lesbian saving the day. <laughs> person saving the day, then you're going to have to have an amputee saving the day. And what about someone who's blind saving the day? And the list will... Oh, salty! <laughs> She's very salty. She didn't, she didn't appreciate that one bit, the poor girl. Oh, She was very upset. I think she's upset that nobody's taking her outrage seriously. You know what I mean? It's just not right. It doesn't feel right. Barcelona. 
What about an amputee? We're going to have to get an amputee saving the day. What about a blind person? They're going to have to save the day. Oh, that moment. That moment when you realise that your outrage isn't nearly as important to anybody else except you. That moment when you out, you realise that your outrage is invalid. That no, not everybody agrees with your sense of victimhood and outrage. No. No. In fact, everybody else in the room disagrees. That's the moment you realise right here. <laughs> yeah, if you freeze it, you can actually pick, pinpoint the moment her heart breaks. <laughs> the list will continue. Oh, you standing up can only mean one thing. With your permission, I'd really like to call a witness for the defence. Oh, good, a witness. Let's sure. get a witness in. I call Ultra Tune Rubber Girl, Panya Porsche. The Rubber, rubber girl. girl. Come on in. I, I don't know what a rubber girl does. I didn't know that that was an actual position. I didn't know that that was a title one could have in an automotive company. But whatever a rubber girl does, I'm I'm for it. <laughs> I'm in favour of the rubber girls. Let the rubber girls continue, please. Okay, so uh, you're an ultra-tuned rubber girl. Yes. A rubber girl. Uh, what would you like to share with us? So I actually really enjoy my job. I love it. I feel like it's empowering to me because if you watch all the what? commercials, even though there is a man... <laughs> look at the look on her face. <clears throat> this is always the best part for me. This is always the best part of this bullshit non-debate. Do you remember a couple of years ago when the feminists got angry about uh, grid girls in Formula One, right? You know, the girls who hold up little umbrellas over the drivers or, and they just wear like promo gear. They wear, you know, an oil company across their boob tube or whatever. They wear little skimpy outfits and they just walk around looking pretty. That's their job basically for a weekend in Formula One. Walk around looking pretty, hold a sign occasionally, get on camera, hold an umbrella. That's about it. So the feminists went on this rampage. Social media, petitions, right? We need to get these girls out of these horribly sexist, objectifying roles. We need to get rid of them because they should be lawyers. They should be doctors. They should be world leaders. They should be dictators. They should be whatever. They should be anything else except promo grid girls. And the media picked it up and ran with it. And they said, yeah, that's a wonderful idea. Of course, that's what we should be doing. We should be empowering women. But they never talk about women making their own choices. They didn't talk about the girls weren't there because somebody had a gun to their head. They were there because they wanted to be there. So you started getting all of these promo girls come out who are now out of work. They're out of a job. And they're saying, hey, I like my job. I like doing this. I like to get paid, you know, 30 bucks an hour to walk around in, you know, in the beautiful weather, um, you know, wearing a skirt, holding an umbrella, holding a sign. I like this job. And for a lot of them, it's like a, it's like a leap. It's like a stepping stone to a future career. You know what I mean? Whether it's in modeling or, you know, they want to become some, some kind of actor or something. 
a lot of them start out in the, in that kind of promo work. It's like the first port of call. So they they were now getting you know, robbed of their employment. And when the feminists were asked about this, like, oh, what about the girls who actually want to do this? Like, why are you stopping women from exercising their own free will? Why are you stopping women from doing what they want to do? The feminists were like, well, they don't know any better. They don't know any better. That's the best that they can hope for. Thank you for coming. I'll see you in hell. I'll see you in hell. So they're saying they don't know any better. They're internalizing their sexism. They should have higher goals. They should reach for higher standards. But you look at the women who make the complaints, seldom are they of the, would you say, promo caliber, if I can put it nicely. Like they themselves would never be hired to be promo girls. And it just smacks of jealousy. There's pretty girls out there who are getting paid to look pretty. I must put a stop to it. There is somebody out there who is prettier than me. I must bring them down. That's what it looks like. And now we're at the stage in 2020 where feminism has become, it's not about women exercising their own choices. We need to remove choices from women to protect them from themselves. (laughs) We need to take your choices away. We need to take your options away. We need to take your job away because we're helping you. I remember one, there was one promo girl who said, I've been doing this for two years. Um, this is how I pay for my college. Like now, what 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 the hell am I going to do now? Like go work at a fucking diner where I have to work, you know, three times as many hours to get the same money and have to study less. Like what the hell are you doing to me? And the response that this girl got on Twitter at the time, I wish I had to save these because it was, it, it was I, I showed this to a number of people who, you know, go along with like the feminist arguments and they were shocked. It was an eye opener. So this girl, you know, now I have to work at a diner or something. I have to work three times as long. I'm going to have less time to study. Why are you doing this for me? Why are you doing this to me? And the response that she got from the angry feminist was, um, stop being so selfish. Stop thinking about yourself. This is about, this is about all the other women. This isn't about you. You need to lose your job to protect other women out there somewhere. To protect the women who aren't even born yet. Stop thinking of yourself. (laughs) But of course, I thought that was the point. That women should think about themselves, right? That's what we got told. Stop telling women what to do, right? Stop telling women what to do, you sexist. But the, the feminists tell the women what to do and tell them to shut the fuck up and stop thinking, stop being so selfish and only thinking of themselves because they're trying to protect women. It's mindless. It's mindless. So let's carry on here. Let's see what the rubber girls got to say about all this. And that comes and saves the day sometimes. I just feel like we always come out on top and that's empowering to us. Where did you come out on top? When, when we've been rescued or when we've been When saved. you got rescued by a male, right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We should just let the women die. That's 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 the empowering thing. Don't rescue women, guys. It's sexist. <laughs> Do not rescue a damsel in distress. You are perpetuating dangerous sexist stereotypes. Now you know. When you see the girl on the train track and she can't get out of the car and the train's coming, you 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 know, give her a salute. You give her a high five, you give her a thumbs up and you say, you're good for you, dying for the cause. 
but there's plenty of time. You can get me out of the. You can get me out of the car right now. I can get out right now. I, 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 I'm not going to hear any more of this sexist dribble. You will die with dignity because that's what the feminists want. <laughs> the last thing that you need is to be rescued by a man. You will go into the afterlife knowing that you were never a slave to the patriarchy. Good for you. And then you you toddle off on your way. Yeah, but yeah, so knowing that you've made a difference. At the end the point of the day, we still come out on top. I get you. I'd now like to call the plaintiff's witness. I call ex-rubber girl Jasmine Rainbow. Jasmine Rainbow comes to the stand. Jasmine Rainbow apparently has a problem with sexist TV commercials. Jasmine Rainbow is going to tell the court what she thinks about sexism. Jasmine Rainbow, the former rubber girl for Ultratune, is going to talk about how women like Jasmine Rainbow are objectified. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear from Jasmine Rainbow on the topic of sexism. More rubber girls. I didn't even know there was such a thing before. Come on in. Come on through. Hi there. Hi. Hi. Oh, my God, you guys. My guys, you got so many like sexisms. My God. Ah, you guys. <laughs> You're on uh, obviously Vanessa's side here. Yeah, so I'm an ex rubber girl. I was in the Mike Tyson commercial. Right, you were one of the girls in that, in that four wheel drive? Yeah, I know you can't recognize me because I've tried to distance myself from them because I didn't like what the company represented. And yeah, but you took the fucking money though, didn't you? <laughs> you still took the money though. Why said it in the chat? What's her name again? Jasmine Rainbow, of course. <laughs> the lovely Miss Rainbow. Jasmine Rainbow to you. She still took the money. She still took the job. She would have had time. There was a lot of time in between answering the call for the job, getting to the studio, getting to the set, putting on the outfit, reading the lines, pretending to be scared, pretending to be a helpless woman, Wearing the push-up bra, putting on the makeup. There was a lot of time for her to pull out, right? There was a lot of time for her to express her anger, express her outrage at the sexism that was she was taking part in. But she didn't. No. She did the ad. She, you know, popped them titties out for the camera. <laughs> she, she puckered those lips. She went, oh, my God. She flicked her hair. She took the cash. And now she's complaining about it. Like, honestly, am, am I wrong here? Shouldn't she have to give the money back now? Okay, you, you don't agree? Fine, just give them the money back. Give them the money back. You, why are you taking money from a sexist company? Why are you taking money for sexist advertising? Surely this would go against your principles. Oh, no, 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 no. no, no. I want to keep the money and the outrage. I want both things. <laughs> I just felt like Sean himself, the CEO just has a really negative outlook to women. Like, uh. the first thing he did when he hired me from a strip club, like, he hired... <laughs> and the truth comes out. <laughs> Dr. Sexy in the chat, she's being a damsel in distress now. <laughs> she's conforming to the stereotype. In her effort to fight against the stereotype, stereotype, she has become the stereotype. Isn't it wonderful? As all his girls would tell me my tits oh, were too small. I'm not from oh. a strip club. Oh, you're from the Candy Mansion, actually. So That's not a strip club, doll. 
Ah, oh, when rubber girls attack. I'm not from a strip club. I'm from the Candy Mansion. That's not a strip club, strip club, honey. They would tell me things like my tits were too small. <laughs> Look to women like the first thing he did when he hired me from a strip club, like he hires all his girls, would tell me my tits oh, were too small. I'm not from a strip me. club. Oh, you're from the Candy Mansion, actually. So that's not a strip club, darling. Whatever you want to call it. Whatever you want to call it. Obviously, accuracy is a big part of these complaints. He hires all of his girls from a strip club. The only other girl there who's working for the company. Uh, I wasn't hired from a strip club. I come from Candy Mansion. Well, that's not a strip club, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Um, not a strip club? <laughs> Candy Mansion, yes. <laughs> Thing. Let's just do one thing here. I haven't had to let's do what you've had let's to do. Let's just pull it all. Look at all. Look at me, everyone. Look at me. Look at me. I think we've all heard enough. Straight now to the verdicts. Vanessa, the Advertising Standards Board has ruled that the ads are not offensive, and I like the ads. So they won't be getting removed from the television screens. They are fine as they are. <coughs> Sean, I think what you've learned out of this is that, yeah, some people may perceive those ads to be a little bit sexist, but the good news for Vanessa is that you've agreed to put a female as the hero in the next ad. So it's good news all around. Which they did. <laughs> Which they did. He was a, He's a man of his word. He did exactly what he said he was going to do. He put a female as the hero in his next commercial, and that hero was Pamela Anderson jiggling around with four other fake-breasted females jiggling around on a beach, getting wet in the ocean and dragging a man to safety. He's a man of his word. Well done. Everybody wins, it seems. Everybody wins. There's no point for anybody to be upset about it. There you have it. The sexism in advertising controversy. I can't believe I burned an hour on that topic. <laughs> Wow, what a what a tremendous waste of time. Uh, <laughs> thank you for joining us. You're listening to the Daily Boogie podcast. There's more I want to get to. Let's let's do the sickness. Turn your head that way and cough. There's been a lot of conflicting reports coming out. Now, how should we start this? Let's start it this way. I love a good conspiracy just like anybody else, okay? I'm a big fan of a conspiracy. So there have been conspiracies coming out about this virus. And I'm like, okay, well, what are some of the facts? Before we get to conspiracy, what are some of the facts? Like, let's not take anything off the table just yet. One of the conspiracy theories that people have said is that this is an intentional infection that the Chinese government has intentionally infected its own people. And your first reaction to that might be, well, why would they why would they intentionally infect their own citizens? Like that doesn't make any sense. But let's be honest here, we're talking about the Chinese communist state who killed what 90 million of their own citizens like 50 years ago. <laughs> so it's not out of the realm of normal for that place. But also think about the sheer numbers. Just say that they were trying to intentionally infect their own citizens in order to create some kind of cataclysmic 
infection in other places. What if there's like 30 million people who are now infected? Now, that's more than the population of my entire country. There's about 25, 26 million people in Australia. That's more than our whole country. So that to us would be a huge number, 30 million people. But 30 million is a fraction of 1.2 billion. It barely registers on the scale. So people say, why would um, a government want to infect its own citizens, essentially use their own citizens as some kind of viral kamikaze weapon? Well, when you've got 1.2 billion of them to spare, maybe it's not such a uh, ridiculous idea. It, maybe it makes mathematical sense to somebody, you know, lacking in empathy, focused only on outcomes, perhaps. There's also been a couple of people have uh, sent me things. I'm not going to re- reveal their names. They're not, they're not like famous people or, you know, in the know people or anything, just other Twitter people. But I don't think that they want anybody else to know that they're thinking about this topic, so I'll keep it secret. So um, a couple of people have sent me things, such as a particular company that manufactures vaccines. No names. People can find it, figure it out for themselves, find it for themselves. Again, I'm just analysing the conspiracy theories that are floating around out there. So a particular company that manufactures vaccines had a vaccine which contains nanotechnology fast-tracked about three weeks ago. No, about two weeks before the first reported case of this virus. And when the virus was reported, the stock in this company like just went screaming up into the stratosphere. It went straight up from its baseline. The company that manufactures this vaccine. So that's interesting, right? Now, if you're somebody like I'm a I'm a pretty cynical person, and if you're like me, you you tend to not you know fall into conspiracies too easily. You tr- you try to look for a more you know rational explanation first. You try to look for something that might be you know an obvious glaring omission from the theory which would disprove it. So. When I see reports like this next one, it actually makes me question stuff more. Because, let me show you this. <laughs> We're using this sledgehammer again. Canada's Chinese community faces racist abuse in wake of coronavirus. Don't you get the feeling that whenever the media or politicians or whoever it might be, don't you get the feeling whenever they accuse a particular opinion or a particular line of questioning of being racist, it's usually for the purpose in this day and age of shutting down the conversation, right? Generally speaking. Hey, can we talk about mass immigration, please? No, that's racist. Oh, okay. Good. Now we can keep the now we keep the floodgates open because they're too afraid to talk about it because it's racist, right? Um, um, can we please talk about the thousands of people who are potentially infected with a potentially dangerous, deadly virus flying all around the world and landing in other countries around the world? No. Stop being racist. You see the issue? So that's where I start to go, hmm. 
Mm. Because if they can turn this into a racist thing, if they can turn this into a racist line of questioning, then that's going to do what? That's going to have a chilling effect, right? So the pundit class, the commentariat, the people in the media will be second-guessing themselves when they bring up the topic. They won't talk about things like perhaps quarantining people because that would be politically incorrect because that would be targeting people from a specific country and which we all know is apparently racist, right? So you get the racism argument out there flying around. It's racist. It's racist. Don't talk about it. Stop being racist. Stop being racist. Then people in the media whose job it is to essentially, you know, give you their commentary, give you their opinion, they're too afraid to do so. So we can all just carry on on our merry way. This is Andrew Bolt. Andrew Bolt, like, he's okay. He's like a, he's like a Christian conservative commentator in Australia. And on a lot of stuff, he's fine. Like, I don't have a problem with it. Um, but he's, he's one of the Christian conservative commentators that, like, he talks about free speech a lot, but then will call for things to be banned because they're offensive to Christians, right? Which always irks me. Like, fine, if you, if you don't want something out there floating around, then so be it. But just don't represent yourself as like a free speech warrior if that's the case. You know what I mean? But I do understand. Um, you know, conservatism isn't necessarily pro-free speech. And arguably, in decades gone past, it wasn't. I think... I don't think conservatism is necessarily pro-free speech now, like in the extreme. It's just that it's more free speech than the opposite. It's more free speech than the than the left is, to be fair. But like I said, besides from that and a couple of other little things, like a couple of other little positions that he takes here and there, I don't really generally have a problem with him. He's, he can be pretty good on stuff. But that's not what this is about. So he did this report. Again, we're getting conflicting reports. So you're getting news reports right now. Death toll up to 50. Death toll up to 75. Death toll up to 100. Death toll up to 125. It keeps climbing. 5,000 reported cases. Four in Australia. Two in America. Five in Canada. Two in Germany. All the different countries are now popping up where all of these reported cases are starting to emerge. And the news is accelerating, accelerating, accelerating. At the same time, whilst people are starting to say things like, um, shouldn't we be quarantining this country? Shouldn't the rest of the world get together and say, no, we are not accepting any plane loads of people from China. We are not accepting any products from China. We are not accepting any produce from China until this shit gets sorted out because it's too darn risky. And so if you present that line of argument, you're now being labelled as what? A racist, right? Stop being racist. Stop being racist. Stop being a fear monger. The exact same tactic that the corporate media would use in other conversations, such as immigration, for example. So let me show you a little bit of what Andrew uh, said on his show. Like Again, I don't really have a problem with the guy. I think he's quite good. So First, these are strange times. They're hysterical times. We seem so prone to panic now. And not just about global warming. You look at the reaction. <laughs> well, I have to take a, 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 an easy jab here. He's like, we seem so prone to panic now, but it'll be guys like Andrew every single year at Christmas time who say uh, Christmas is under attack 
because some lefty councillor in Sydney somewhere decided that they don't want to put a tree up because it's too offensive. And then they say, this represents the war on Christians. And now because there is legit, like there's legitimate cases of people dying from a virus and people flying all around the world with this virus, oh, we seem to panic too often. <laughs> but the war on Christmas, everybody panic right now. So, you know, a little consistency would be okay, I think. So this coronavirus that's started in China has now reached Australia, even though authorities are now checking the temperatures of people flying in. Oh, that's foolproof. <laughs> Today, for instance, we read that shares dropped sharply on rising coronavirus concerns. They dropped 1.4%. And this bad news on bad news virus could land a $2.3 billion hit to the economy. There it is. There it is. That to me is the game right there, right? That's the game. Virus could land $2.3 billion hit to the economy. Does anybody, is, are you, if you're in the audience, does anybody in the audience, put your hand up, anybody in the audience, if you think that if this was happening in any other country except China, do you think that it would have been quarantined by now? Any other country except China, right? Like, just say it was like Angola or some some small country in Africa or like Vietnam or whatever, a, a small country anywhere else except China. Do you think that this country would have been quarantined by now? Do you think the World Health Organization and the UN and all of the, uh, like the G20 countries would have called an emergency meeting by now? You know it's true. They would have called an emergency meeting by now and they would have said, we need to quarantine this country because the risk is too great to spread the infection into other countries. I'm seeing a lot of yeses in the chat. Good. We're on the same wavelength then. Any third world country would have been quarantined by now. The only mitigating factor that I can see is the fact that it's happening in China where what, what, is, what does China represent? China is like the halfway house for the world's economy. Things go in and things come out. If they quarantine China, it would cause a cataclysmic global economic meltdown. Imagine if nobody could get products out of China or into China. Imagine if nobody could get produce out of China or into China. Never mind the people. The other day... 40 planes left Shanghai Airport for destinations around the world. 40. The amazing thing, if you're not an Australian, you won't understand this, but Australians in the audience will know this intrinsically. Australia has some of the strictest quarantine laws on planet Earth. Obviously, it's an island nation, right? So... Any kind of, if you have dirt on the sole of your shoe and you were walking in a field in Holland somewhere, they will confiscate your shoes because they say there could be microscopic bacteria in the dirt on the soles of your shoes, which could be harmful to our ecosystem. That's how strict it is here in terms of bringing in foreign contaminants, what they call it. So there is a really, there's a sick irony. There is a sick fucking joke being played 
when people have to stand at Sydney Airport or Melbourne Airport or Brisbane Airport for two hours plus to make sure that their bag doesn't contain any fresh fruit or vegetables because it might be harmful, whilst at the same time at a terminal at the other end of the airport, thousands of people are flying in from China with potentially deadly infections. That has to be one of the sickest practical jokes ever played on a population. Make sure you don't have make sure you don't have dirt on your shoes. Make sure you don't have an apple in your suitcase. Make sure you don't bring in any, you know, broccoli or cauliflower accidentally. Otherwise, we'll have to confiscate your luggage and burn it. Uh, by the way, thousands of people are just flying in from Wuhan, which apparently is home to uh, the most <laughs> the most dangerous viral epidemic since the Ebola virus, since SARS. But never mind that. Now, can we check your sandwich, please? Where did you get the cheese for this sandwich? This could be potentially dangerous to our environment. It's a sick joke. Henry St. George Tucker in the chat. Bureaucracy at its finest. You're not wrong, huh? Trust the government. We're here to help. So can you imagine the global economic meltdown that would occur if China had to shut down its borders to not only people, but products and produce, which if it wasn't China would be happening already. It would already be happening. If it was a small third world country, they would have one of those fumigation tents over the place, over the whole country, just pumping gas in there, you know, bacteria killing gas. They wouldn't care. But because it's China, uh-uh, no, no, no. One of the third biggest um, economy in Australia, right? The third biggest one is taking foreign students into our universities. It is the third highest earner for the Australian economy. The bulk of those students come from China. Universities and uh, colleges go back to school this week. So now potentially thousands of people who have gone home for the holidays back to China are now coming back to Australia at this very moment to go back to school. With reports that fears the coronavirus could affect the international student market. Huh? Got to keep the money coming in. Got to keep the tills clicking over. We, we can't stop the people coming back. We can't stop people leaving China. Do you know how much this is going to cost us? Do you know how much money this is going to cost us? <clears throat> there's, a, there's a responsibility issue here too for the government because whichever government is in power, right now it's a, it's a nominally conservative government which is in power in Australia. Conservative on the easy stuff, not conservative on the hard stuff I tend to find. Conservative politics, conservative politicians in the Western world do have to, do tend to have this habit of being really conservative when it doesn't matter, and when it does matter, being a fucking pushover, being weak as piss on the important stuff. When the conservative values are supposed to shine through, when the conservative values are supposed to speak for themselves, right? On those issues, they're wanting. On the easy stuff, when they can make, you know, uh, inane announcements about why, you know, why it's improper for companies to have a transgender toilet policy, they can talk about that all day. 
But when it talk when they when it comes to stuff that's going to cost them money, when it's stuff like this, where are they? Not an announcement, not a press release, nothing. Business as usual. Because if you're the government in power at the time and you make a call to say, no, sorry, we're not going to accept any more planes from that place. We can't. It's too risky. We have a responsibility to our citizens. We are not going to put our citizens at risk for this. If you're in power when you make that call, you have to hold the bag at the end of the day. You, you're the one who has to take the hit financially and you're the one that's going to get blamed for it. Because then your opponents, even though they might agree with you, your opponents are going to come out and say, you're making too much out of it. This is fear-mongering. It's racist. Blah, 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 blah. It writes itself. So that's why nobody's prepared to do it. Because it's China. Because the money's too good. The risk is too high. <laughs> We're too addicted to the Chinese cash. So we can't make a call. We just have to shit in our hands and clap and hope for the best particularly from China, of course. And indeed, like today, the New South Wales Education Minister asked parents of all children who have been to China in the last two weeks not to send their kids to school or daycare. So it's all sounding quite apocalyptic. I'm sure people are a bit scared out there. And that's just what you hear from the mainstream media online. We're seeing lots of fake news about what's going on fake in news. China, bodies dropping in the street, etc., etc., on video. Fake but news. I'm really suspicious when the media pushes panic. Yeah, people in DLive saying it dropped out, just hit refresh. It happens from time to time. Just hit refresh and you'll see how you go. Now, I'm not saying that this coronavirus is not a problem. I'm not saying we shouldn't be careful. Yes, indeed. In China, of course... If you're in a chat on DLive and it's working for you, can you just put, um, just tell the other guys to hit refresh in the chat and see if it comes back for them? Death toll is now 106, so this virus can kill. But I think a lot of people have a vested interest in beating this up. I mean, journalists, obviously, politicians <laughs> too. I mean, politicians... Or, to be fair, a vested interest in pretending like it's not really a, an issue, right? There's also, let's not pretend that there's only vested intru, uh, interests on one side of the discussion. And I'm not, I'm not even really taking a side in the discussion here. I just dislike the fact that it's always presented that there's only one side. When clearly there's not. When clearly, like, there's a logical thing that could happen here. Which, and, and if it's not done, is putting people unnecessarily at risk. For the sake of what? For this. For government tax receipts. So I love, I love, I love, I love the idea that we shouldn't. Don't panic, guys. Don't do anything out of the ordinary. Don't, don't change anything. Don't do anything different. Don't come up with any strategy. Don't come up with any kind of plan. Just keep going about your business. Just keep going about your business. Don't do anything out of the ordinary. Don't do anything different. Don't do anything strange. Yes, it's like yes, Andrew. We should, we should continue having hundreds of thousands of people potentially infected with a deadly virus just flying all around the world before we concern ourselves with it, before we start to think about it. Let's wait. Let's wait for an epidemic before we worry about an epidemic, all right? Great idea. Great, great forward planning, great forward thinking, absolutely sensational. 
Channel 9 News in Australia, ladies and gentlemen. As we go to air tonight, a fresh case of the deadly coronavirus has emerged in Sydney. A young Chinese woman has tested positive for the disease and there are now calls for the federal government to take drastic measures to contain drastic, a potential outbreak. Drastic measures. See the, see the framing already? See the framing already? Any kind of measure here would be what? Extreme, drastic, racist potentially, fear-mongering. We see the script being written. We can see it happening in front of our very eyes. <laughs> hey, don't be some kind of crazy conspiracy theorist, huh? Don't you do anything wacky now. Don't you take any drastic extreme measures, you racist, right? <laughs> A flight from Beijing to Sydney, hundreds of people arriving in hundreds Australia. Hundreds of people. Why is he talking like this? <laughs> A flight from Beijing. It's like he's doing FM radio. <clears throat> a flight from Beijing to Sydney with carrying potentially hundreds of people. Don't forget to head on down to the don't forget to head on down to the D, the Home Depot car park today at noon, where we'll be handing out cold cans of Pepsi and boxes of nails donated by James R. That's right. Check out the Rock Crew down at Home Depot today. And when you hear the secret sound, call in for your chance to win five hundred dollars in cold hard cash. Flies from Beijing. A young Chinese woman has tested positive for the disease and there are now calls for the federal government to take drastic measures to contain a potential outbreak. A flight from Beijing to Sydney, hundreds Sydney. of people arriving in Australia from a country overwhelmed by a health disaster. Now confirmation a fresh case of coronavirus in Australia, a young Chinese woman in Sydney whose preliminary tests have shown up as positive for the disease, leaving our country with five people who are known to be infected. But we're still understanding this virus fully. Emergency test. <laughs> Did, <laughs> Did you hear the way that guy said that? Okay, this might be my autism kicking in, this this autism gene. But <laughs> listen again. See if you can pick the problem that I, I picked with this. <laughs> listen to the way this guy says this. Who are known to be infected. But we're still understanding this virus fully. <laughs> Dr. Sexy gets it. I know Dr. S gets it. You know what he's saying there? He, that's that's his way of saying we don't understand the virus. <laughs> that's how spin works in real time. That's 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 somebody who thinks in propaganda. He's thinking in spin. Because instead of saying we don't understand the virus, he says we are still understanding the virus fully. <laughs> As if to, if you actually break that sentence down, he's that's he's incorrectly saying that we've always understood the virus. We are still understanding the virus fully, right? It's like we still know everything there is to know about the virus, but he's actually saying that in exchange of saying we don't understand what the fuck this is. <laughs> uh, yes, well, we are still in the process of understanding the virus fully. We are still understanding the virus fully. We're doing our job. <laughs> Oh, it puts my mind at ease, huh? 
Emergency testing is being done on a number of people in Victoria too. At our borders, no screenings, just a pamphlet about coronavirus for incoming passengers. A pamphlet? Oh! <laughs> We're so fucked! We are so fucked. <laughs> Again, you'll line up, you'll line up. Imagine this, you fly in, you line up for two hours at customs, they go through your bag. They check your shoes to make sure you don't have any dirt on your hiking boots. They make sure that you don't have any apples or oranges or any kind of fresh food in your bag whatsoever, right? They give you the full treatment. And then as you walk out, they, they some, some fucking asshole hands you a pamphlet and said, by the way, there's a deadly virus going around. Do some reading up on it. I'm sure you'll be okay. <laughs> a fucking pamphlet. Maybe I can fan my dying relatives with this pamphlet. Maybe we'll get some use out of it after all. Maybe I can use it to blow my nose when I walk out onto the street. <laughs> Fucking pamphlet. <laughs> Good job. Thank you. Thank you, local authorities. <laughs> Whatever would I have done without this fucking pamphlet? <laughs> Just a piece of paper. Just, it's, like, it's just a piece of paper. <laughs> wow. Contaminated people. We know there's contaminated people flying around the world because how else does the virus get from Beijing to Berlin without somebody actually taking it there, right? The virus isn't booking its own plane ticket. The virus isn't ordering the veal called on blur and watching the in-flight movie. The virus is being hosted by people. So that's how it's getting around the rest of the world. If it started in one little town in China, that's how it's moving. It, it's not renting a car. It's not getting on a cruise liner. It's getting in people and then getting shipped around. It's just a piece of paper. It's just a pamphlet. ...linked to contain a potential outbreak. I, I think more needs to be done. Frankly, Australia should wake up. 43... Tend to agree. I must. I tend to agree. Does that make me a racist now? Yes. Yeah. Being careful is so. Being careful is so. Being being cautious is so conspiratard, man. Three flights arrived in Australia from China today, including forty-three flights in one day. Beijing, Shanghai, Kunming, Taipei, Guangzhou, Qingdao, and Chongqing. He did a tremendous... The FM radio jock did a tremendous job on the pronunciation, though. It must be fair. Thousands of people from cities with active outbreaks. We need to have officials asking questions about where these people have come from and where they intend going as well. No, 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 no. That's racist, remember? Can't do that. Stop being racist, bro. Stop being a fearmonger, bro. Stop being a racist, man. Well, we also need to be conducting thermal screening. Because sim No, no, we'll just hand them a pamphlet. <laughs> here, here, read this. All right, see ya. Off you go. Have a nice holiday. Symptoms don't develop for up to two weeks. The government says mass screening would be futile. We are incredibly well prepared to isolate and deal with that and to prevent any... Wow. So because the virus doesn't... Uh, because it lays dormant for two weeks, we may as well not do it. We may as well not do anything. Of course, I must be I must be the arsehole here, right? I must be the idiot. 
my first question is, okay, so what about the people who got it two weeks ago who are now flying in? Shouldn't we screen for them? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. The, we, we know for a fact that people who have this virus immediately get on a plane. <laughs> they don't have it for two weeks and then get on a plane, you idiot. There's no reason to screen for it. You don't screen for something that lays dormant in people for two weeks. But what about the people who have already had it for two weeks? Won't we get? Won't we stop them coming in? <laughs> That's pointless. <laughs> what kind of a crazy idea is that? What the hell is wrong with you, huh? Look at this guy over here. <laughs> I don't know. We're fucked. Just hand them all a pamphlet. We'll figure it out. Transmission. Victoria has a fully staffed, dedicated coronavirus hotline, while potential patients in Sydney are being directed to a phone number if they feel unwell. But it's only open during business hours. <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me. I was just on a plane from China and I noticed like half a dozen people coughing up blood in the back row and they were sniffing and complaining about flu-like symptoms. Um, is there someone I can talk to? Yes, there is. But unfortunately, it's five past five. So it's just going to have to wait till tomorrow morning. Oh, okay. No worries. Well, don't worry about it. It's probably not that important. Probably not that big of a deal. <laughs> I'll leave a message on their machine. Yeah, it's just on a plane with people who have the deadly virus. If you could call me back in the morning, because I didn't get... Could you send me one of those pamphlets, please? I didn't get a pamphlet. They said they ran out of pamphlets, so could you please send me a pamphlet so I don't get the virus? Thank you. Fuck me. <laughs> don't scan. <laughs> Monica's like, yay, a hotline. We're cured. <laughs> you have reached the infectious diseases team at the Northern Sydney Public Health Unit. Yeah. Our office is currently unattended. <laughs> <laughs> what do you fucking do? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. New South Wales Health. So, we, so for, let, let, let's go through our checklist of, of what we've established so far. So <laughs> questioning whether or not uh, this country should be quarantined from the rest of the world until people get a handle on this, that's racist, right? Screening people is pointless because the uh, symptoms don't show up for two weeks. Now, of course, it's possible that people would have had this already for two weeks before they fly in, but don't worry about that. Suggesting that kind of thing, that's nonsense, silly talk. That's silly talk. There's no point to that. There's no point to screening anyone at all. Don't worry, we'll hand you a pamphlet when you get off the plane. If you do notice somebody with potentially life-threatening symptoms conducive to this particular virus, do call the hotline, but make sure that you call the hotline between the hours of 9 and 5, because after that you'll get an answering machine. So that's not going to be much help to you at all. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I don't know. It's getting weird. It's getting weird, man. Okay. Uh, parents and caregivers in New South Wales have been asked to hold their children back from school if they have recently travelled to China. Again, my fears have been put to rest. Now, Australians intending to travel to China have been told to reconsider their plans because of the coronavirus. 
Now? <laughs> now. There was a tweet from CNN yesterday. It was, you know, it came out of the United States and it said breaking, uh, which I, I forget which authority in the States um, puts out these, um, this advice for people traveling overseas. I forget which one it is. <laughs> Dr. C, well, they can't pay overtime at the health board. Come on. It's very expensive. <laughs> so I forget which authority puts out these warnings, but it was yesterday on Twitter, CNN breaking, uh, you know, health authority issues warning against for people traveling, planning on traveling to China. And I'm like, breaking? What do you mean breaking? Like, I shouldn't you have done this two weeks ago? <laughs> shouldn't you have been on this already? <laughs> The CDC, thank you very much. The Center for Disease Control, right? Shouldn't you have already been on this? Breaking news. Uh, there's a thing happening in China. Try to avoid the area. Thank you. Thanks for the update. <laughs> While here, some parents are being told to keep kids who have travelled to China in recent weeks away from school. For more, I'm joined by the New South Wales Health Minister, Brad Hazard. Minister, uh, good morning to you. Four of Australia's five confirmed cases. Thank you for joining. Um, I do I do love the fact that the guy who is now the spokesman for the Australian government response to this is named Hazard. Hazard? Brad Hazard? <laughs> Sorry. All right. It would be like if the Minister for Defence was last name, his last name was Tank. You know what I mean? Tank Adams, Minister for Defence. Who's taking care of the disease control? Ah, oh, it's Mr. Hazard over here. Oh, good. Places are in New South Wales. How worried is the state government? Uh, we're quite concerned because uh, it would appear that New South Wales is certainly uh, the epicenter for this particular virus in Australia. Yep. Um, mm. And so we have made some decisions which... Most people fly into Sydney and Sydney has, you know, the biggest population of Chinese people in Australia. Hopefully we'll keep our community uh, a bit safer. Yeah, we, which is probably natural because we have the biggest Chinese community, the most Chinese foreign students and the most Chinese tourists coming here. Mm. So the numbers stack up against New South Wales. You're asking parents to keep their kids at home. Why not make them keep their kids at home? A decision, a decision was taken yesterday. The, the, I first of all should stress that the health officials, federal and state, are still satisfied that uh, the risk factors are not that, uh, not that extraordinary, that this was absolutely necessary. But it's one of those times when an elected official has to make uh, a pretty big decision. And we erred um, on the side of the community and we decided that uh, to engage the community and to ask them... Oh, stop with the fucking spin! God! This is why nobody fucking listens to politicians anymore. You see what I mean? The thinking in spin, the thinking in propaganda. They are trained to speak this way. We're engaging with the stakeholder. Fuck off. Fuck off. Oh, you know, at times you've got to make a pretty big decision. No, 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 no. You didn't make a decision, though. Your decision was a non-decision. You said to parents, if you if you have any concerns that your child may have picked up somewhere along the line some kind of uh, some kind of strain of this deadly fucking virus from China, could you please consider not sending them to school? You didn't make a decision. You are asking people politely to do something. That's not the same thing. 
And then, God, it just keeps going, going. Oh, we're engaging with the community. What does that even fucking mean? <laughs> what are you talking about? Engaging with the community? <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Give it a rest. This is exactly why people don't listen to politicians anymore, because shit like this. Just say it. Oh, <laughs> One of those times when an elected official has to make a... Oh, one of those times, one of those moments, in, one of those moments in history when an elected official has got to make the tough decision. Oh. A pretty big decision. And we erred um, on the side of the community and we decided that uh, to engage the community and to ask them to, if they have been uh, in China, uh, with not a clear period of 14 days, oh, sorry, since they came from China, we would like them to have had a clear 14 days uh, before they send their children to school. And obviously that's just an extra precaution. The issue is... An ex extra precaution. What, you mean other than the fucking pamphlets that were handed out at the airport? <laughs> Look, we're doing everything we can, okay? We're, we're giving people pamphlets when they get off planes. We've got a hotline. Sure, you can't call it after 5 o'clock in the afternoon, but it's there. It's there between the hours of 9 to 5. It's there. So, you know, don't panic. We've got pamphlets. We've got a, a business hours hotline. And the extra precaution, don't go to school for a couple of weeks and see how that works. Okay? We're, we're covering all of our bases here. There's no, absolutely no reason to be concerned whatsoever. In the meantime, continue bringing thousands of people out of the affected area and sending them all over the world and continue having people from the affected area load up products and produce, which then gets shipped all around the world as well. Keep the shipping lanes open. Keep the trade lines open. Keep the airports open. We've got pamphlets. Nothing can hurt us. Uh, there's a lot of unknowns about the corona, the novel coronavirus, but what is being said, uh, it varies now. In China, there's some... <laughs> We're still in the process of understanding this fully. <laughs> Information medically, which is a bit different from what's being said here. So as, as the government, we've decided to err on the side of caution and say, if you have... We've decided to err on the side of caution by doing fuck all, by doing nothing. I haven't had a clear 14 days since you're... Un unbelievable. China, please hold back your child from school um, until you've had that clear... Please, pretty please, pretty please. Could you please do that, please? Would you consider it at least? Would you at least talk about it? <laughs> Pretty please. 14 days. Okay. Uh, you're in a tricky situation because obviously people are worried and there are a lot of myths going around about the, this virus. Yeah, I don't know where these myths are coming from. Maybe it's because government representatives and health professionals are going on TV programs like this saying, explaining to people that they really have no fucking idea what they're doing. They have no fucking idea what it is. They have no fucking idea how to stop it. And the best that they can come up with is handing pamphlets out at airports. That's Maybe that's where these you know, these crazy fear-mongering conspiracy theories are being brought out of, huh? Just a, just a thought? Just an idea? Maybe these conspiracy theories are getting cooked up in the dark corners of the internet by these rabid conspiracy theorists because they're getting accused of being a racist if they suggest that the uh, affected area and the country should be quarantined until we sort the shit out. Maybe that's where it's coming from. Just an idea. No, 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 no. We've got a hotline. Didn't you call the hotline? Huh? Didn't you read your pamphlet? 
Yes, it's spreading quickly, but mortality is a lot lower than, than say, the SARS virus. So you've sort of... For now. <laughs> got to balance that up, don't you? It is a balance. The, the, the SARS virus and the MERS virus, which people are very familiar with, yep. um, had some pretty uh, pretty horrible consequences. I was watching a bit of uh, CBC earlier, like the Canadian version of the taxpayer-funded broadcaster that we have here, and it was, it was fantastic. So it's all reports like this. We don't know what's going on. We're not going to do anything. We're handing out pamphlets, blah, blah, blah. And this report that they put on CBC was, oh, by the way, those masks you're wearing, they don't do anything. <laughs> Don't, don't bother. Don't even bother getting a mask. Don't worry about it. The mask isn't going to save you. The mask isn't going to help. So don't even bother trying to get one. It's <laughs> fucking amazing. And this is a very similar virus. It's amazing. The, the conflicting the, the conflicting stories that we're getting about this is next level. But there's unknown factors. It's, it's also a coronavirus, but it's a new or novel virus. It's a new. And so there are a lot virus. of unknowns. And so. Okay, we get it. There's knowns and there's unknowns and there's unknown knowns and known unknowns. Here we go. Here's a, here's a short little video for you, ladies and gentlemen, from the good people of Time magazine. And the left-hand panel shows the number of clinical or clinically apparent confirmed cases. Remember, it's not that really, it's not that big of a deal. It's not like SARS. It's not like MERS. You know, you're making too much out of this. You're going over the top. You're making far too much out of this. Don't concern yourself. It's not a problem. Should be somewhere around the region of twenty-five to twenty-six thousand as of mm, Chinese oh. New Year Day. Mm, okay. And on the right-hand panel, inclusive of those who might have been incubating and therefore had not shown any symptoms yet, the number approaches forty-four thousand. Oh, just, 29- just forty-four thousand potential carriers. Not a problem. Best get them on a plane and hand them a pamphlet. Novel coronavirus epidemic that started in Wuhan. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is not a prediction, but it is in preparation as a precautionary principle. Print the pamphlets now. As a precautionary principle, we have to be prepared that this particular epidemic may be about to become a global epidemic. This is not a certainty by any stretch of the imagination, but there is a not weak, or there is not insubstantial <laughs> probability that this might happen. Nah. And therefore, we must prepare better for imminent. We are at the stage where... Nah, fuck it. Take the, take the risk. Take the punt. Who cares? What's the difference? We've got a hotline. We've got a pamphlet. Send your kids. Who gives a fuck? Take the, it's worth the risk. Think of all the money we'll be losing, ladies and gentlemen. Think of all the money we'll be losing from those foreign students. We can't, we can't take... That's a bigger risk. We can't take that risk. If a few of you have to die in a pool of your own blood, then so be it. We're doing the right thing. We're making the hard decisions. <laughs> well, we have not seen the peak of the Wuhan epidemic yet. And then we would expect one or two weeks later, followed by Chongqing, and then one or two weeks later, after that, followed by Beijing, Shanghai, Shenzhen, and Guangzhou. If... We want, and if we wish and desire to change the course of those epidemic curves that I presented, then we are looking at substantial draconian measures limiting population mobility that should be taken sooner rather than later.
Hello? Can you hear me in the back? Hello? Uh, would draconian population immobilization methods or whatever the term was used, would that look something like, mm, I, I know it's been referred to as you know a racist thing to say, unfortunately, over the last couple of days, but would draconian restriction of mobility out of the affected area, uh, Mr. Health Professional from Hong Kong, would that look like, would that look anything like, would you say, how can I say this? Quarantining people out of China! Is that what it would look like? Am I right? Quarantining China! <laughs> not taking people out of China! Is that what it looks like? I'm not sure. I, I'm, just a, I'm just a silly, uneducated, obviously racist individual uh, living in the city with the highest... Uh, population centre of Chinese expats in the country. Uh, does it look like quarantine? Mm. No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't panic. Don't panic. Let's wait until it becomes an epidemic before we start dealing with it. There's money to be made. We're handing out pamphlets. We've got a hotline. We've asked politely if parents could, um, you know, withhold their children from going to school. We've asked them if they could do that. We've done everything we can. No wonder the Hong Kong guy, no wonder the chief medical officer in Hong Kong is keen on the idea of quarantine because, you know, they are right next door in Hong Kong. So maybe they get it where we don't. Maybe the tyranny of distance is the thing that's making us perhaps look view this in, through an unsatisfactory lens. <clears throat> People are telling me that the uh, president's just come on stage. It's about time for me to wrap up anyway. So I want to thank everybody for joining in tonight. Thank you for joining us on the show. Um, if you'd like to become a supporter, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to infect me with a virus, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. Thank you to everybody who contributed on DLive tonight. Your generosity, as always, is humbly accepted and appreciated. If uh, Don't forget to follow our friends at RealPersonPOTCS, at ChrisMC44, at YCensored, at UK Neil, at Mr. America, the Bearded Truth, and at Winning TV, at anybody else I might have forgotten. Thank you so much for joining us. As I said, I won't be on tomorrow. I've got somewhere to be, unfortunately. I'll be handing out pamphlets at Sydney Airport, uh, doing my bit to save the country. Uh, but I may be back in some way, shape or form later in the week. So thank you all so much. Uh, until next time, guys, stay calm, stay rational. God bless. Don't cough. And we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. I am opening the chest right now.